Live from London, this is The Drive Home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio. Good afternoon, this is The Drive Home Show with me, Seb. Today we're looking at TIE, Theatre in Education. What is the purpose of it? How does it help students? And is it overrated? So get in touch as usual. Uh, join me on the conversation through the Podbean. Click call in or text me anything you want to say. Join the conversation and let's talk theatre and education. Live from London, this is The Drive Home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash TT Radio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Uh, good afternoon to everybody. It is the 4th of November. Uh, obviously, tomorrow is Friday, which is great news for everyone. I uh, hope most of you have had a good week. Well, I hope everyone's had a good week. Um, but I don't know whether everybody's been back at school. So I know some people have had longer off, some people have had this week off, but I guess by tomorrow, uh, that'll be the end of it and everyone will be fully back into the swing. But if you have gone back this week, um, remember it's Friday tomorrow, so you're nearly there. Well done for getting through the week. Um, those clock, pesky clocks obviously changed, uh, which obviously does bring these nights in. Already feeling it now, looking out of my window for the first time actually doing my show at this time and beginning to see it get dark um, because my first show was back in, I don't know, April, March time. Um, so it was already quite light then. So this is going to get quite dark, but we have to basically remember it is just psychological. OK, just remember that. So you get home and it's 4.30 and it's dark. It can be depressing. But remember, you still have your evening. It just feels like you don't. Right. Anyway, that's uh, the usual waffly beginning from me um, in London here on a, on a fairly cold day. It has dropped quite dramatically, I think, the temperature. Coats at the ready for everyone and uh, soon it'll be hats and gloves. Right. So today um, we are talking about TIE, which is short for Theatre in Education. So I'm going to refer to it as TIE from now on. Um, this is a bit of a drama focused show. I won't make any apologies for that. But what I am going to do today is I realised that there are quite a few listeners that have got in touch with me that listen to the show that um, not always um, obviously got a drama background. They could just be teachers of any subject that still like to tune into my show. Thank you for that. And uh, I appreciate any listeners. Um, but yeah, so I know that there are some people who are non-specialists who may be like, I don't know what you're talking about. So last week, for example, um, there was a quite a bit there about drama with my friend Lucy, who called and told us about a course that she teaches. And OK, there was an overlap with Key Stage 5 um, in general, vocational courses, but really got, it did get a bit drama based at one point. So I'm not going to apologise for that because obviously I'm a drama teacher. But what I'm going to do today is try and give any of my listeners, any of the normal uh, non-drama specialists out there, a bit of context today so that you can obviously join in the conversation, uh, feel part of it and, and not feel it's too niche, uh, let's say. Um, but if you are a drama teacher and you're listening in, you want to join the debate um, about TIE, then of course you're more than welcome as well. So I have got a guest obviously lined up for today and her name is Erin Burbridge and she'll be uh, on the show a little bit later. Um, and she's from a, a theatre company called Riding Lights. Uh, I'm not going to talk about them too much right now. I'm going to save that for when Erin calls in. 
But let's start at the beginning, TIE. So some people call it community theatre um, and other people call it TIE, theatre and education. It's the same thing, essentially. And what this is, and you're all probably familiar with it, but just to give you kind of some uh, guidance as to what it is and what it isn't, I would class it as any theatre company that comes into your school externally and performs a piece, a play, a production. Um, now, that could be original script. It could be a devised piece they've made up. It might be based on, a, on an existing text. Um, but normally it is basically um, made up by them or a script written by uh, a playwright that they've done. And it is deliberately tailored towards a issue. So obviously back in the day, in the 80s and the 90s, and you know, a long time ago, you would have got a lot of teenage pregnancy um, type of ones. You might have got more, um, I don't know, there's still a lot of good drug, drug, uh, drug awareness ones out there, but there may have been obviously different drugs or looking at glue, sniffing, etc. So obviously this is not a new thing. This is a phenomenon that's been around a long, long time. I'm not even sure when it started, probably in the late 70s, I expect, early 80s. Um, but anyway, so there's loads of companies out there, loads and loads and loads and loads. Even if you just Google it, you'll get you'll get hundreds will come up. Uh, some are obviously local, um, but many of them are, are touring companies. And traditionally, what they will do is pack light. They will be in a transit van uh, with their kind of logo on the side. They will have very low, lo-fi um, kind of props and costumes. Uh, and they'll probably use usually use contemporary music in their places to kind of engage young people. Um, and yeah, and they travel around in a little minibus, getting paid very little money um, to go into schools and use drama and use theatre to get kids to understand um, some of the dangers or some of the issues out there in a kind of fun way but actually allows them to empathise with the characters. That's the reason, the kind of reason it works, is that the hope is that students will empathise with a character rather than just somebody standing there saying, don't do drugs, or standing there saying, um, you know, don't drink and drive. That's very, that's very didactic. It doesn't really tell, it just doesn't tell you anything. And even if you do an assembly on it and you tell people loads of facts, it can just, people can just sit and listen and, and walk away. If you use the vehicle of theatre and you use a character and a story, then what tends to happen is that kids get more engaged. They can empathise with a person, a real character. They can see the effect, the consequences that that decision um, makes on the other characters. So, for example, there's a play called by Mark Wheeler called Legal Weapon, which is one of the first ever ones of these I ever saw. And Legal Weapon is about speeding and Obviously, the car is the weapon because it ends up killing people. And it's, you know, using the idea that a car is a weapon. And um, yeah, oh, and Mal's just messaged in there. Thank you, Mal. Seal, social and emotional aspects of learning. Yep, that's another area that can be covered, as well as generic PSHE um, that could cover lots and lots of things. It could be about sexting. It could be drugs. It could be uh, gender issues. It could be anything. But basically, that is a bit of the background. So you may well all, and what I'm hoping for today is to get a bit of a debate about this, because in my opinion, as a drama teacher, there are um, there is good and bad, okay? Like there is with everything, but there are very, very good uh, professional theatre companies out there that do excellent work that will come in with a great product, with a fantastic play that really uh, challenges students' opinions, 
um, has characters they can identify with and really makes them think, or it may have interactive elements that get the kids to really get involved. The other side to this is what I would call the legs akimbo side. So if you've ever seen League of Gentlemen or you know of it, then this will make sense to you. If you've never seen it, I, I suggest that you, after this show, YouTube uh, legs akimbo, um, Mark um, Reese Shearsmith, Mark Gattis, etc., um, doing the Legs Akimbo Theatre Company, which is basically a parody of what I am talking about on my show today. But it's so well observed and so funny because the guy, Ollie Plimpsells, who's the director of the company, he obviously, it's just so exaggerated. It's heightened for comedy, but actually it hits the mark because the issue I have with some TIE, poor, poor versions of it, is that it's very patronising. Uh, I've I've seen kids literally rolling their eyes, staring out the window, thinking, oh, my God, are you actually serious? Because it is too much. Hey, just say no, uh, which is another 80s reference. You know, uh, don't do drugs, kids. Uh, don't do this. Don't get use a condom. You know, it can be very, very cringe. And if it is like that, you, all you're going to do is make the kids laugh and all they're going to do is not take it seriously, especially if you then got a workshop attached to it. And a, one of the people, one of the actors has to then work with the kids and, they're, you know, some young person who's straight out of drama school. I'm generalising now, but it normally is, um, you know, being thrown into a group of year nines who, who uh, you know, it can be horrific. So um, Zamo Mal has just texted. Yes, Mal, I think only me and you will get that joke. Oh, unless anybody else is my age you may understand what i'm talking about with zamo um yeah okay mal you really put me off there anyway right so um don't read messages when you're in the middle of something is my advice uh so basically what i'm trying to say is there are two sides to this there's great tie and there's poor tie and we're talking today about how powerful it can be how useful it can be as a tool and um, the sort of companies and experiences you guys have had so please Click call in on the Podbean, message me in the text uh, box, um, get in touch live. Um, it's no good doing it um, on the Twitter now because I, I won't be able to see that straight away. Uh, although that is actually something I should try and do, isn't it? Get my iPad going so I can respond live. But anyway, for now, please just use the Podbean function to get in touch with me. Um, if you're listening as a podcast, obviously after you can't do that. Um, right, so... What I want you to do is we're going to I want you to call in or message me if you had a really bad experience or a good experience. I want you to get in touch if you um, with your opinions on it. Um, another thing that's interesting about TIE is it's a reflection of the culture, because, like I said earlier, if it's back in the 80s, you may have had a lot of teen pregnancy uh, type TIEs going in, you know, showing the dangers of young mothers. Um, you know, without being too negative, but trying to show rather than saying to kids, you know, use a condom, uh, you know, they're not going to buy into that. But if you if you show them a, a 15 year old having to cope with a baby and, and the problems and the pressures, that might be more of a deterrent um, to put them off. I mean, you see this in soaps like EastEnders and stuff all the time. They show these moral issues. They show the effect of it. And that's great. And you always get the thing at the end, don't you? This is affected you in any way please contact our confidential helpline it's basically that but in a theater form um but what i'm trying to say is that it's very interesting how just like his standards will you know have the first gay kiss or show the first you know uh, disabled actor or transgender actor 
the same as that is what TIE does. It moves with the times. And obviously, clever theatre companies are make make sure they want to make money. And a lot of them are charities or very low profit organisations. But ultimately, they need to survive. They need to pay the actors uh, and, and pay for their travel and their petrol. So normally they're quite competitive, but they need to be they need to have your thing on the pulse. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm going to set one of these up. Trust me, there's not a lot of money in it. And you need to do, offer something that isn't already out there. And there are millions of companies. I mean, I just Googled a few today because, you know, I've, I've lost touch a little bit, if I'm honest, with the best ones out there. But Vamos Theatre, who I've seen before, are a theatre company that use masks. And I took some of my students to watch one of their mask shows, which wasn't a TIE play. But I just looked them up today. And actually, Vamos Theatre, do um, they do do some theatre with masks, but around um, sort of issues. Um, I can't remember what it was now, whether it was bullying or, or something to do with, I can't remember. But anyway, you can look it up. But basically, that is what you want to do. You want to get kids to understand the issues of it. Now, it isn't just school-based. This is the other thing to bear in mind. Um, a lot of these companies, TIE, community theatre companies, will also go into prisons and work with young people uh, in church groups, community centres, etc. So it's a bigger, bigger thing than just school, but it obviously affects it's for young people, which is obviously what Teach Talk Radio is all about, um, education in general. Um, so in terms of all of that, that's a potted history of TIE. Like I say, if you want to laugh after this show, Google Legs Akimbo and have a look at their stuff. If, if you um, if you don't find it funny, then I apologise. But ultimately, if you've ever um, had a TIE company come into your school and you've thought this is a bit cringeworthy, please watch Legs Akimbo um, because it is hugely hilarious. Right. So anyway, that is all what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at that. Now, in order to kind of get you on the pulse with how the process works of creating a script or um, finding an issue to explore and then how that actually works in reality, um, I'm hoping very shortly to be joined by Erin Burbridge, who is a director who works with Riding Lights Theatre Company. And they have created a piece, which is a Christmas uh, show is going to be touring around Christmas, around primary schools. Um, look at, and the issue they've picked, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. They've looked at anxiety in young people as a direct relation of the COVID crisis. So again, there's no point you doing a TIE play on glue sniffing unless it's 1986 and there's a massive uh, problem with glue sniffing across the country which I don't think there is. Um, so, you know, what they've done is done a play about anxiety with young people because of um, what's been going on. Now, I've got a caller. I'm not sure. This may be Erin. Hello? Hello. It is Erin. Hello. Yes, Erin. Perfect timing. <laughs> what, were you listening in or did you just... Uh, I caught the last 20 seconds of what you were saying, yeah. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Erin. Um, I was just beginning to do a little bit of intro into your show. Uh, Fizzy Finn finds her feet. Is that right? Fizzy Finn finds his feet, but yeah. Finds yeah his feet. I thought it was his. And then for some reason, I looked at something earlier and I changed it to her. And I thought I got it wrong. <laughs> anyway, it's a, still a bit of a not alliteration um, nightmare for me. Fizzy Finn finds his feet. Yeah, um, that's the one. <laughs> right. So we're going to talk, obviously, we're going to talk about your show because we want to give you a chance to talk about that and, and obviously publicise that because um, we want people to see it. Um, <laughs> but what I've been doing is we've just been talking at the top of the show, Erin, generically about uh, TIE and community theatre. 
And I've just sort of set this debate a little bit about um, bad, what I would call legs akimbo, bad TIE. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously high quality stuff of really good productions that go around. And I know there is bad and there is good. But I really yeah. want to just talk to you today and for you, the listeners to hear what you've got to say a bit about, well, A, you and how you got into it and a bit about, um, you know, why you think it's a powerful tool and how you would go about, you know, you didn't obviously write this play, did you, Erin? No, I didn't. Oh, we lost you there a little bit. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, I didn't oh, write that's it. No. Uh, no, it was actually written by um, a man called John Bowsted, who is a primary school drama teacher. Okay. Um, and he's he's also a brilliant writer. And his um, he's actually his wife is actually a child psychotherapist. So there is um, he had a lot of very good advice going into right. the show. Excellent. So he's a drama teacher by trade, and he's done this kind of on the side. Is that right? He's written a, a play yes. in his spare time. Good yeah. man. Okay. So then, and am I right in thinking this, the play, this kind of issue or the theme is about anxiety? Is that right? Do you want to just tell us a little bit about it without any spoilers? Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's um, it's a beautiful little show, but we, we really felt that post-lockdown, a lot of our friends who are teachers and people we were working with noticed that actually – you know there is a there is a rising um, issue of anxiety and mental health in children, but actually it had been um, made a, a lot bigger and a lot more prevalent during lockdown. Mm-hmm. So we said let's make a let's make a show that helps children kind of understand what's going on and and tells them that it's okay not to be okay. Yes, um, uh, yeah. So that's and what that, our show is trying to do. Brilliant, and that's obviously the key message that, obviously, as educators, we would obviously say. But what I was trying to say at the beginning of my show was, we can say things to students till we're blue in the face, can't we? Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, the point I think, and you, you, you know, feel free to debate this with me, but I think the power of, of theatre and education is to show those issues through a character which then allows the audience and the students to identify and empathise with with that character, do you think? Yes, I totally agree. So this um, character that we're, we're discussing in, in, the, in our show is he's um, a young boy, about eight or nine, called Finn. And he's the thing he's struggling with is that his parents have just divorced, so he's got to have two Christmases. Right, okay. And he's finding yeah. that he's finding that very difficult to kind of come to terms with and, and everyone's saying, Oh, that that's awesome. You get two Christmases. And he's saying, <laughs> I just want one. Um, and actually what, so what the, the device that we use in our show is that he, he kind of finds his way into a cobbler's shop and there's right. this lovely cobbler called Tink and she helps Finn learn about what's going on in his head by putting on other people's shoes and he mm. kind of discovers their stories. So it's, it's lots of little stories weaved into Finn's bigger story. Right. Okay, cool. So it's not mm. just the, the you know, COVID lockdown issue. There's also an issue there about uh, separations and divorces and the effect on impact on kids as well. Yeah, I, I think that's that's just the device we've used. But actually, right, really, what right. what the play does is is kind of say to children, you know, look at look at Finn. Finn's overcoming it. He's learning some things about how to how to be a bit more hopeful about what might happen. Not to be not to worry as much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it is. It's really about helping them relate to somebody else that they you know they can detach from it because it's not them. Yeah. They can see yeah. somebody else go through it, but also they can learn tools as he's learning them in the play. Yeah. And that's the trick to it, isn't it? If it's done well, there's mm. there's a level of detachment that it isn't about them directly, but it yeah. allows them to sort of see, oh, that could be similar and identified, doesn't it? 
exactly yeah um so in terms of what do you think the difference is between or just kind of how you would see it for for listeners of that for example a disney film that may have that kind of you know let's say toy story or whatever and it's and it's got that idea of showing people that you know it's important to have friends and the difference with a theater show going in compared to other media what why do you think theater has got is more powerful potentially well i think i think they do different things actually i think right. you know a film a film has its own value and i you know I think there are some films that do wonderful things, especially in this area. I think, you know, a film like Inside Out, yes. I think is absolutely phenomenal for doing mm, this. Yeah. Um, the thing about theatre is that you, I think it's um, it's more tangible in terms of you have the actors right there in front of you in your space, so you feel yeah. safe, you know, if, if they're coming into your school, then, you know, it's on it's on your turf, so you can deal with difficult issues without having to kind of feel like you're not only dealing with difficult issues and, and in a strange space um yeah and I think I think theatre um actually requires a lot more imagination and I think that is what's really powerful about it is that yeah, yeah. with a with a film you know it's often quite naturalistic even if it's a cartoon there's quite a lot that's spelled out for you yeah um but with theatre especially TIE the children have to do a lot of work to imagine you know what's going on and imagine mm. the things that we physically can't bring to them and I think um, it engages with them emotionally in a very different way um, and quite a more visceral way, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think that's what I kind of said at the top of the show again, is that, you know, it, it, films are great. And I totally agree with you. They do different things. Like Inside Out is a fab film. I absolutely love that film. Mm. But there is a risk of, especially younger kids, you know, the passivity involved in just, you know, watching it, enjoying it, seeing it as a spectacle. And maybe they get the, you know, the extra moral in there, maybe. But it's not it's not kind of forced upon as much. Whereas I think with theatre, like you say, the actors are there in front of them. It, they, they you know, you physically do have to engage a lot more, don't you? And and it's bound to, I mean, we've got no evidence for it, have we really? But but um, yeah. well, there might be, but I haven't got it to hand. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bound to... Um, you know, have a of a more lasting impact, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um yeah, I totally that's that's absolutely why I'm why I do this for a living. Of course. And you and so wholeheartedly yeah. in it, yeah. Exactly. I was gonna say, obviously if you didn't agree with me, I'd I'd be saying what you're doing with yourself. Um so tell us <laughs> tell us um if you said no it's rubbish, they'll be like, well, what are you doing? Um so Erin, give me a bit of background then, because I I know I looked up briefly a little bit about your theatre company, but give us a bit of background for you. How did you get into this and have you been a teacher or not, or have you always been in the arts? Or give us a little bit of background. Yeah, so um I have always been in the arts generally. Um I actually came up through Riding Lights Youth Theatre. So Riding Lights being the company that I work for now, I right. as a teenager was part of their youth theatre. So it feels pretty amazing to be working mm. for them now. Um but yeah. my background has always been theatre. Um my first professional job was actually on a community theatre tour for kind of seven months going around the country from place to place going into all take the point of uh, uh, what riding lights try and do we try and take theater into places where theater doesn't usually go right so that could be schools it could be prisons it could be churches community centers on the streets um mm. we you know we do have a kind of more mainstream branch as well but we really believe in taking um theater into those kind of um places and 
so that was part of my uh, kind of first acting job was uh, in all sorts of different contexts, taking a sketch show about social justice, um, which was really fun. And I really loved it. And I learned a lot. Um, And then I did a lot of youth theatre work. Um, So that's really... Directing or acting? So uh, with youth theatre, it was kind of uh, either assisting a youth theatre director or becoming the youth theatre director myself. Um, And it was a lot of kind of... uh, putting you know seeing young people put on their own shows in our studio theater space um which so that's where my expertise with kind of education comes from is is always from the arts route rather than from the education route right of course yeah but um and and then do you manage is this something you can do full time is it it keeps you busy enough to do that or is it do you have to have a normal job as well no, this is my full-time job. Um, oh, that's so good, my, then, isn't it? My job now is I'm I'm a called a creative associate for Riding Lights Theatre Company. So um, there's about three of us that together have creative oversight of the company, um, and that means, you know, uh, deciding what our shows are, what our creative yeah. output is, what youth theatre stuff happens, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so it is a full-time yeah. job yeah of course that sounds brilliant and um so when you say about these spaces because I know there are mm. there are obviously other theatre companies like you know that um might might kind of start and it's obviously more common nowadays isn't it for for mm. companies to use more unusual spaces and site-specific theatre etc but yeah. um when you're looking at these places do you do you have a team or do you go out and look for them or is it do people approach you? How, how do you find these little sort of nooks and crannies to perform in, as it were? Um, it's often a bit of both, actually. We um, we have our wonderful marketing manager <laughs> who kind of, you know, we send out our shows far and wide and... Um, and a lot of there is a lot of interest we kind of some lots of schools or churches or people you know come to us and say we'd love you to come to our our school or our space um and and for us it's really about the people that we encounter rather than the places themselves so actually right, you know yeah. the, the point is about making theater accessible to everybody um rather than because sometimes i find that there is absolute beauty in big proscenium arch theatres, you know, the big West End theatres, yeah. but um, it can feel quite elite and I think it can um, ostracise quite a lot of people. People don't want to, maybe don't feel comfortable going to those places or don't feel they can or can't afford it. So we want to take theatre at an affordable cost to um, people that don't usually get to see theatre. Yeah. Um, I, when we go into prisons, we definitely we approach the prisons because they don't they just don't have the time to, no, to of course be not. looking no. for theatre. And what sort of um yeah the prisons is I mean I totally agree. Just mm. on your last point, I you know I, I'm very much of a um you know believer. I, I don't know if you've heard of Seven Eighty Four Theatre Company, but you know I, I'm you're big on that. I, I don't really I, I'm not like you say. There's nothing wrong with big West End shows at all. I'm not knocking that, mm. but for me. That there's something live, you know, something about young community theatre, something about people going and it being affordable. And, you know, it's like, and it's like football, isn't it? You know, people will argue that, you know, Premier League games are so expensive and it just becomes elitist rather than your man on the street. Um, mm. But, but yeah, but to go back to what you said about prisons, because I have got no experience of theatre in prisons. I've never, mm. I've, I've never even been in a prison, let alone done theatre in there so what how does that work what obviously you don't take fizzy finn finds his feet in there so what um, what shows (laughs) do you sort of take into the prisons 
Well, um, interestingly, two years ago, so just just before the pandemic, we did take our Christmas show into a woman's prison um, in the northeast because they could invite their families in, um, and they oh. they kind of made a day of it. They made an event of it. So right, okay. Um, that is quite rare for us. We don't do that very often, but um, so it was the Selfish Giant. We did a big kind of, um, well, I say a big Christmas story. It's quite a little two-hander show, but um, we we did take that to prison and that was incredibly successful. Um, but usually what we take into prisons is, um, is a sketch show that kind of deals with lots of different issues to do with hope and forgiveness and justice Um and some of that is very prison specific. So right. it's 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 a series of sketches, really. And some of that is, you know, dealing with uh, the reoffending cycle. Um, right. that yeah. Lots of people. But that that is specifically really for kind of male category B, C and D prisons. Um, right. Yeah. That because they're the people that are on the more short term sentences. Yeah. When we when we go and see, you know, lifers, they um it's it's a slightly different ball game, and then again, when you when you go into women's prisons, the things that they deal with are so different. Mm. And then again, when you go into young offenders prisons, so it's, it's yeah, of um, course, but, but that's that's the beauty of it, isn't game. it? If you can make bespoke, you know, shows, whether it's mm. you know, um, like you say, devised or scripted, or you work on it with your own theatre company, that that's what I said again at the beginning of the show about how these these CIE companies etc and community theatre obviously they have to change with what are the issues of the day yes, um, yeah. uh, and the context of your target and the audience you're going to but mm. um but that's really so when you say it's a sketch show is it yeah. is it like rather so you mean rather than like a two-hour storyline it's yes. obviously a series a montage or whatever a little is it is it comedy or is it just drama sketches or is it it's a bit of everything, actually. Um, the the wonderful thing that we've learned about prison, so we do have our very specific prison pieces that we take in, but but around that we put the sketches that we would take into any place. Um, it you know, there's right. only one very small part of the show that is prison specific. Everything else is you know there are there's quite a lot of comedy because I I think actually you know and it might be my own personal preference but I think comedy is amazing for disarming people and yes help it, helping them think about um really difficult subjects I think it's really useful to make them laugh first mm. <laughs> no no <laughs> I agree I agree yeah. I think mean, if you you know you you can't, it's not going to work is it if you do something very heavy and immediately from the beginning it's people are crying or are upset or exactly, you know yeah. you're not going to get you, you know <laughs> that's not going to work they've gone already aren't they they've already got yeah, the tissue exactly. and that's not what you want and I think you're right it's, it's a very Brechtian way of looking at it isn't it it's mm. you know you've got to put that comedy even if it's in a tragic situation just to get people to yeah. laugh and then and I know Mark Wheeler does it a lot as well with you know some of his plays where he you know he'll do a kind of uh, some black humor uh, you know, amongst the serious points, but um, no, totally agree with that. Totally yeah. agree. And 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 the thing that's interesting about prisons actually is, is you know, you yes, yeah, some of the hardest audiences I've ever had to, you know, you've got to really win them over. Oh, sure. Um, so actually, making them laugh is is a very good. It's quite a good feeling as well because you go, <laughs> no, oh, yeah, okay, great, I've won. But actually, <laughs> the, the on the flip side of that. I've I've been into you know full Sutton prison, which is one of the most maximum security prisons in the country, and they are one of the easiest audiences I've ever encountered. Wow. Yeah. Because... Do you think what do you think is that because they they haven't got much else going on in their lives or, or well, what? why do you think that is? 
I actually think it's because they don't really have anything to lose anymore. Um, so if I, if I go into a prison where, you know, there's people that are on a kind of two month sentence or a a year, then they've still got to hold up a pretty tough front because they've got to survive. Whereas when you go see lifers, they're just grateful. Actually, they're quite a long way through the rehabilitation process. Probably, um, you know, we we won't see the worst of the worst because the prisons won't, you know, no, no, bring people in that are incredibly dangerous. They'll bring people in that they think actually will benefit from this, um, and they're just very grateful. I think that that somebody's taken the time of day and not forgotten about them. Mm, I think yeah. it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, I agree. And actually, that that comes back to a point I was going to ask you earlier: is that when you're going in and they, they, you know when i've seen bad tie or, or, or companies coming into state mm-hmm. schools that i've worked in where it's a year nine and you're talking about prisoners being tough you know and these year nines oh. are tough you know year nines are tough, yeah. exactly now they are not going to take any shit and they're no. also not going to find things funny deliberately because they're teenagers are they so they're yeah. going to sit there and be like yeah ha ha you know there's very cynical but i've still seen them one over with with good yeah. stuff but when it's bad you just think oh my god it's cringe and you just want to i just want to you know swallow the ground to swallow me up because i can see the kids switching off and it's yeah. pitched pitched badly to the point mm-hmm. of you know either the company or the writer or whoever it is has lost touch with you know, at young people, I don't know really, but mm. I just sometimes think, wow, how can you actually think, you know, that's that's not going to make them cringe. But I suppose, like you say about the prisoners, if they're that, that's a tough gig as well. But mm. you don't get but that think, response. They don't in prisons. They they don't kind of turn their nose up. They're 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 positive about it usually. They are actually, yeah. And I I think we have a we're very clear about the fact that the show that we take to prisons and to schools and to a theatre doesn't actually differ that, you know, massively. We're not going to take a show that's much worse to a school than into a theatre because that's not fair. That's not treating your audience with respect. So actually, you know, we're a company that, I'm sure everyone would say this, but, you know, we really try and pursue excellence in whatever we do. We're professionals, we hire professional actors and, you know, we're going to, we're the school you know if we go if we go and see you know 300 year nines one morning Mm. we're going to give them just you know absolutely the heart of what we do as a company we're not saying oh well actually they can have a slightly less good show that because we're trying to aim it at them you know we've got to give them credit that they can absolutely take the show that we were taking to a prison and and get stuff from it because actually what we're doing as a company in those kinds of shows is we're just telling people wouldn't it be amazing if the world looked like this? And that, you know, yeah. our most recent tour, which is called the Kaleidoscope tour, was just about imagine if we could all be um, making the world a better place. You know, what would that look like? And mm. it was just lots of sketches to come at it from, you know, a climate point of view, a social media point of view, a mm. social mm. justice point mm. of view, or those kind of things. And and that's, I think, you know, if you respect them, they'll respect you. I think is is yeah, what course. I've learned through my of years. Course. Yeah, and it's it's a very fine balance, isn't it? Because you know, there's that thing about teachers, isn't there? Where the people, you know, people say we well, shouldn't be try and be the kid's friend and all that. And I, I get that, but as a teacher, mm-hmm. I I always found humour and all those kind of things a way to engage kids. And you mm-hmm. know, I'm not talking about you know being down with the kids and and you know discussing what you watch on Netflix with them. But <laughs> I, I think there is a, a line between mm-hmm. that showing that the you, that you're human, that you have interest yourself, and you know, just being a disciplinarian that that just says, you know, sit down, do what you're told. Mm. Um, I think with young people, I think they're so savvy nowadays 
Um, mm. You know, and I suppose every generation thinks that, don't they? But I think you have to just take that on board. Um, mm. And what's interesting, actually, what you said there is, do you, do you think, I'll put this as a question, actually, do you think now, 2021, there are more issues that we can approach than there would have been in the 80s, for example? In a school context. Yeah, in a school context. I'm not saying is, do you think that, you know, because people will talk about the dark days of, you know, unemployment and, uh, you know, drug abuse and whatever. Mm. But do, do you think, I'd, I'd be interested just whether you agree or disagree, that there are more avenues to explore with theatre and education than there were before? Or do you think, no, it's the... the there's only some topics we can do. No, I think, to be honest, I think it comes back to, you know, if it, giving the audience credit, if, you know, I don't think there's um, a bunch of year nines that wouldn't want to hear about all sorts of things. I think the, I think the beauty is that they present quite an apathetic front, but actually they're very interested in the world and, mm-hmm. and, and teenagers are more switched on, I think, than ever before yes, about what's yes. going on in the world. And I, so a couple of weeks ago, I took a, um, a show into a school in Bradford and we handled um, issues of racism. Um, we handled issues of, uh, what, what's it called? Religious oppression in India. Yeah. We talked about um, climate change and, and all sorts of things. And actually, when we had our feedback with them at the end of the day, they had taken in so much, even though they look like they're not taking anything in. Yeah, yeah, They were so fired up by those topics. Yeah. And I think, I think the, the problem is funding, really. You yeah, know, yeah. at the moment, we know that Fizzy Finn, our play about mental health, going into primary schools, we know there's funding for that at the moment because that's what you know the education the board is yeah. is worried about. So we yeah. know we can do that. And, and previously, we've taken workshops about cyberbullying. Yeah, um, because there was a there was a need for it. I guess you can tap into that that budget, can't you? Exactly. I think I think that is where the where the um, barrier lies is actually where the money is, rather than what kids want to hear about. Because I think they want to hear about anything. I know. Um, and if we, if we, yeah, go on, sorry. Well, I was just saying the worst thing you can do is patronize them, you know, and actually I think what they'll expect is a show about drugs and you go, actually, by the time they're in year nine, they are savvy to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because they are when they, it's all getting younger and they know about yeah. it. You know, if I came into them and said, oh, don't take drugs, they'd be like, okay, fine. Yeah. What yeah, else? Yeah. Have you got? Yeah, Whereas yeah, if yeah. I go and challenge them and, and really respect their intelligence, yeah, I think we're onto a winner. <laughs> no, I think you're right, and I think that's the key to it. And I think, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I've I've seen thousands and thousands of really bad shows. I'm only talking about one or two. But mm. I think you know yeah. when you watch Legs of Kimbo and you know, or you, you you kind of think it does just chime with me when I think oh cringe. But I think yeah. there are there are there's probably way way more theatre companies out there doing good stuff than there is bad. And yeah. I think you're right about where you where you centre it in terms of their intelligence. Um, the funding thing is interesting because I think, you know, again, we don't want really to get too political on Teach Talk Radio because we're, we're not going to support or, you know, any particular party. Yeah. But there is yeah. an issue here, I think, with funding in the sense of how much the current government feels, you know, th- that that is important. Theatre in schools is important. And like you mm-hmm. say, if, if there's an issue like like there is at the moment with anxiety or, or cyberbullying, then, yeah, it's easier to access the money. But actually social change is quite powerful isn't it imagine yeah. if we had loads of companies going in and and really getting kids to think and challenge mm. challenge the the status quo then they might have riots on the hand so 
perhaps yeah. that's probably why um, there's the money is tight for the, for those things yeah. because maybe people above don't want that. But anyway, that's me getting to Ben Elton about it. Um, <laughs> right, so I'm going to have a couple of things before I let you go. Thank you so much for joining us because it's, it's so been welcome. really... It's been a really, joy. That's really interesting. And, of course, after I'll share, share this podcast round and you can, um, you know, get, get any of your... Um, guys at the theatre company or, or people that you work with to, to get that out on there. Um, but what I want to say is, um, oh, I wanted to ask you about where you mentioned Bradford. Obviously, do you do national tours? Where are you actually based, Erin? Um, so we're, we're based in York, um, but we are a touring company. So we've got, we do have a little studio theatre in York. It's about a hundred seater, but m- the m- bulk of what we do is tour the country all around the UK. Um, and, and what we've been doing recently in the lockdowns is making films and actually that's meant our reach has been a lot bigger right. um, and we're doing that again with our fizzy fin show we've just filmed it last week um, and that'll be released towards the end of november so no matter where whether we can get to a, pers- a, a community or not you know they can still access our shows and which is so, really how, exciting. So, so what happens with that do they watch the they download the kind of the film of the performance and watch that or, or, yes. Yeah. So we've yeah. made a we've made a very specific film. So it is it is the theatre show, but it is a slightly more filmic than just Film one version. camera. Yeah. 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 And then the other thing I wanted to ask you because I'll be annoyed if I let you go and I don't ask you these <laughs> questions was about feedback. So you mentioned briefly mm. there. Do you do anything like you know structurally to get like feedback from the audience after, and then that goes back into your content, or do you just say this is it? See you later. Do you, do you get the feedback from the from the audience and the teachers and the kids, like in a formal way, like questionnaires, or do you or you just ask a few kids? So um, a bit of both, actually, depending on the resources that the school has. Um, often uh, schools are very open to us saying, "Look, would you would you mind collecting some quotes and things for us to use yeah. and, and yeah. some feedback?" Um, and so it really it really depends on what kind of time the school has <laughs> left yeah, uh, to yeah, offer yeah. us. Because obviously schools are very stretched, but um, yeah. it's everywhere we go, we we do our best to to really record very carefully what people are saying to what us. What people are saying, yeah. And I suppose you get the, the yeah that's reflected in your bookings and stuff, isn't it? If if you've mm. got a good reputation and, and people like you, do they do they invite you back to come again in the future and and do other shows? Yeah, definitely. We have lots of places around the country that are constantly saying, whatever show you've got, come back, come back. We want you back, which, is, which is really encouraging and it's lovely. Well, that's brilliant. I think that's the best thing you can have, isn't it? If you've got a, a that will keep you in business, won't it? Essentially, yeah. if, you, if you've got a core group of schools or, or places that have seen your work and loved it, what you do, then mm. I would always be the same as a, as a head of drama. I would always, if we had a, a really good company and I'll be like, yep, yeah, let's get them in again. You know, and it's yeah. only those ones, I suppose those ones that are that haven't hit the mark or you felt weren't great value for money or whatever, then you obviously you don't you don't rebook them. Um yeah. right, so that's really good. So we talked about fever, we talked about where you are. Um so before you go, just give let's leave you a bit of more airtime just to talk about Fizzy Finn because uh, you know you've given up your time. The least we can do is let you plug it a bit. So when <laughs> does it when does it start and where where is it going? And is it in across the country or is it just based in one place? Yeah, so we are, um, like I said, we're, so we're releasing a filmed version, which is released on the 22nd of November, um, which is available to watch. So our website is www.ridinglights.org, um, and all the information is on there. So you can download um, a filmed version to watch with 
um, your family or to send to a young person in your life. Yeah. Um, we're also ta- we're also taking bookings around Yorkshire for the um, for the live show, um, which I, yeah. is going into schools and and churches and community centres and anywhere that wants it. We are taking those bookings. And, and is that over the, the Christmas period? Is that for sort yes. of December, so, January, like a panto season almost? So that will be going from the twenty second of November, so the same day that the film is out, until. Uh, just before Christmas, when we have a week that is just in York in our own theatre, in the run up to Christmas. Lovely. Oh, that yeah. sounds fantastic. All right. Well, I put the website on the chat oh, there, www.ridinglights.org. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll publicise that for you and, and and hopefully drum up a bit more publicity for you. Um, but Thank it, you. I think it's been. No, you're welcome. It's been fantastic. Um, you know, because I could have just done this show just talking about TIE in general, but I think to have someone who's actually doing it out there mm-hmm. with the challenges that you face financially and practically on a on a creative level as well, um, mm-hmm. it's great to hear someone who's actually doing it full time um and who who's out there helping young people. Is it just primary that you do, um, Erin, or do you do uh, obviously you do prisons, but do you do secondary schools as well? Yeah, yeah, we do everything. So, so our primary show is is very much primary, but us. Um, so looking at that age group, but then we do anything. Essentially, we go from about year two to year thirteen in schools. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. well as obviously churches and and prisons and all that as well. So yeah. um, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, best of luck with the show. Um, with the fizzy fin it sounds cool from what i've seen (laughs) of the little blurb of it it sounds like it's excellent really good for young people to help them and like you say go on oh i was just saying our trailer's out if anyone wants to have a have a look it's on our youtube Um, oh okay youtube was that youtube what do we look up that riding lights Uh, is that enough riding lights theater company yeah right we'll we'll, we'll definitely look at that as well but um i think you're right i think i was i was trying to get what you thought but my opinion on it is that i think actually Whereas the 90s and the 80s, there might have been one or two big things, you know, like even think about teenage pregnancy, it's not that major, it's not as big as it was, it's not a major issue really, I don't think kids really want to have kids anymore, (laughs) Um, but but I think what is interesting is, like you say, even before COVID, there's so much stuff with racial prejudice and so much stuff Mm. with gender and 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 it is a confusing world i've got kids myself and it is a confusing world uh, with social media and pressure and anorexia and whatever there's so much out there that i think you're right i think anything that goes in that gives kids a chance to stop what they're doing and and watch a play watch performance with characters and go away thinking about their life and, and what they could either do to get help or make a change or support their friends or family I think it's got to be a good thing hasn't it mm, yeah I totally yeah. agree yeah. brilliant all right well listen I'm going to let you go that seems a good place to end it um thank you so thank, much no you're welcome thanks for giving us your time and um and hopefully the listeners well I'm sure they all enjoyed listening to what you've got to say <laughs> and best of, best of luck with everything else okay thank you thank you cheers so Aaron much. take Talk care soon. now bye-bye Bye. Right, so um, that was Erin Burbridge. So very nice of Erin to join us. I'm uh, just um, trying to disconnect her from there. There we go. Um, Right, so we'll have a quick ad break and then we'll digest all of what she said and talk about what else is coming up on the show. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. 
Essential letters and sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Right, okay, sorry, that was a bit of a briefer ad break than, uh, than I'm used to there, it caught me out a bit. Um, right, so how's everyone doing? It's nearly Friday, it is dark, I'm sorry about that, but that is just, you have to blame some uh, farmers or someone, I don't know. But anyway, um, sorry, apologies to farmers out there, that was a bit rude. But yes, obviously it's dark now, so that is, but it's not the end of the day, okay? It's not even dinner time, it's not even five o'clock. Yeah, so don't panic. You might still be at school. You might be on half term. Uh, you might be chilling um, or you may well have just been back for another week after half term and you're exhausted. But remember, it's always difficult going back when you've had a week off and you've had nice sleeps and lie ins and then you have to kill your body clock to go back to that. So that's probably why you're feeling even more tired than normal. Um, I've been a bit lucky this year. where I've had a two week half term. Um, which has been a bit of a bonus. I've not had that before. Um, but yeah, that, so that's really good. I'm feeling very refreshed, but I know Sunday night will be uh, feeling a little bit of the dread coming in. So, um, oh, we've got a message from Leanne. Oh, I need to actually go back. So apart from Mal's uh, little retro comments, which put me off my stride, um, we've also uh, had a few people like have said like to the show. So Seema and Nathan, thank you for that. Um, Seema said earlier, I think watching a performance slash theatre is more thought provoking than reading it on a screen. As most people skim read and only take in half of the information. Totally agree. So not only have we got maybe films that you might watch storyline films like we mentioned Inside Out there um, that might sort of chime with you a little bit about all stories and affecting you. There's also obviously, you know, lots of adverts and government, you think about a government advert. And this is where TIE, I think, is the most similar to, again, in back in the day. And you still get them, but they're not as prevalent. Um, those government ads, you know, don't, you know, it used to be Charlie Says, but that's going really far back. But, you know, Green Cross Code or, you know, don't do this dangers of crossing roads. Or uh, there's a really recent one come out about um, going for walks in a forest and, and crossing across a train track. and you know, we're remembering that the trains go in the forest. And I was like, what is this about? And then I, I researched it and found out that there have been um, incidents of kids on holiday from um, the cities going out into the countryside or going away to, I don't know, places that are more rural and not unknowing about level crossings or, or trains and, and getting killed or injured. So then they did an ad campaign to show remember when you're out in a bridle path that a train could suddenly come through the forest, which seems random, but I think it's it's a case of government making adverts to to sort of stop it getting worse or same with drink driving at Christmas time or speeding, any of those. So TIE is very kind of similar um, link, link there. Um, so just to go back. So yes, I seem to totally agree with that. Um, Leanne has just messaged in, my two-day half-term is coming up this way. Next week, can't wait. Well, she's got a very late half-term. So Leanne's probably exhausted if she's not had half-term yet. 
That is very late. Uh, now they're saying Green Cross Code linked to Star Wars. Yes, Dave Prowse, um, who is Darth Vader, was also the Green Cross Code man. Mal, you can't catch me out with these kind of retro um, questions. I will never fail you. Uh, keep it tidy, exactly. Um, right, we're going to go to uh, a news break now. Um, I may well have another guest. I've had a few people message me to say they might come on the show today, but I'm not. I'm touching wood about that. But anybody can call in. You don't have to be an official uh, writer of a TIE play. You don't have to be a drama teacher. You don't have to be uh, an audience member. You just need to be a teacher or someone in education that's got an opinion and to join this debate about TIE. Is it a waste of time? Does it make no difference to kids? Is it all two legs akimbo? Is it too cheesy? Or do we think TIE has a real value? Is it underfunded? And should there be much more community theatre and and, you know, schools being forced to use theatre companies more often to help them with PSHE uh, or to help them get issues other than, you know, just teachers doing it. Because, OK, teachers could do it. But if you're my form tutor and you come in and you go, right, I'm going to teach you about, um, you know, dangers of drugs and you're my form tutor. I just don't think it's the same as an external coming in. And sometimes you get external companies come in that are really, really good, that do sessions, but they don't use theatre. They don't use... Um, I I'm not talking about role play. I'm not saying to kids here, let's pretend, you know, he, you know, here's, I, I can't say it actually without being inappropriate, so I won't, but you know what I'm talking about. You don't want the kids role playing, you know, all, the, the issues of getting, pretend you're in a car going really fast and let's see what happens. We don't want that, but, but, but professional companies with actors, with characters, with stories based on verbatim or based on real things that have happened that then kids see and then engage with as an audience and maybe go away thinking about it. That's what we're talking about. Um, OK, so we'll have a quick news break um, and then we'll carry this on. So I'm really enjoying this debate and I may well have another guest um, after five, but I'm not really sure. But um, with Gail and we'll see what's going on in the world outside. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. A number of studies have been carried out to find out the best ways to mitigate for pandemic-induced learning losses. Some which have been carried out in the US, Canada and Chile highlight the benefits of extending the school day. In 2020, school pupils in England lost an average of 40 days of school on site as a result of COVID. Despite schools providing online learning, there were still learning losses. The UK government has discussed the possibility of extending the school day with reports suggesting that the existing cap on the number of hours state school teachers can be asked to work could be lifted. Studies conducted in Latin America and the Caribbean have raised the psychological cost to teachers as a possible consequence. While there may be benefits, pupils would not benefit from being taught by teachers who are stressed and burned out. Teachers' needs and perspectives need to be taken into account for any educational recovery plan to be effective.
In Northern Ireland, Education Minister Michelle McElveen has launched a £5 million scheme to support therapeutic and counselling services in primary schools. This new initiative, the Healthy Happy Minds Pilot Service, will run until March 2022. She said, the Healthy Happy Minds Pilot is one of a range of measures supporting the implementation of the children and young people's emotional health and well-being in the education framework, providing support to primary school pupils with an aim to prevent and reduce mental health issues. When we consider that 50% of mental health problems are established by the age of 14, the importance of promoting emotional health and well-being at the earliest age is clear. This has been your daily education news briefing. Thank you, Gail. Uh, great news there. Thanks very much. Um, right, so it's uh, just come up to five o'clock. It's Thursday the 4th. Tomorrow is bonfire night or Guy Fawkes night or whatever you want to call it. Um, the night that we celebrate anarchy and we celebrate that the government was nearly brought down. Um, make sure we remember about that. Lots of burning effigies um, and all of that very British thing to do. Um, but yeah, that's tomorrow. So if you're out, be safe. Um, obviously, I don't know what the situation is with bonfire. Uh, bonfires around where you are i know this it feels like there's slightly restricted uh events happening maybe covid related um funny actually because halloween also is this week wasn't it so um that was strange because i remember thinking back to last year it just wasn't didn't happen it was just cancelled wasn't it completely cancelled nobody came around nobody was going to nobody felt comfortable to go to doorsteps and touch each other's hands you know that was just not on the menu so it was nice to have it back um Although in my area, it was it did feel a little bit reduced compared to previous years. But bonfire now, if you're getting out somewhere, have a great one. I do, I do um, like it. Oh, um, happy Diwali as well from Mal there. Yeah, getting Kate nice cultural, um, wide, wide range of um, cultural input. Thank you, Mal, for that. Um, but yeah, so obviously, um, if you're going out, uh, you know, with the fireworks and the sparklers and all the rest of it, toffee apples and all that jazz, um, yeah, just be careful. Um, and you know, oh, sounds like I'm I'm turning into a government advert now, aren't I? About sparklers. I'm sure there was one for fireworks where it was like, you know, light them, step back, leave it ten seconds before the fireworks. And then the kids like pictures of videos of kids burning their hands. So again, dark but necessary. And some of those those government ads are really dark. But I think the reason they do it is to sh is the shock factor. Like the one where you know the one you must have seen the one where the bar. The barman is standing, he's cleaning a, cleaning a glass with a tea towel. And he's going, do you want a drink, mate? Do you want a drink? Have another one, have another And he gets closer and closer to the screen. And then you see the, you see the man at his table with his mates. And that table becomes the car as they smash through the windscreen. I mean, the whole point is it's supposed to be hard hitting so that people go, oh, I'm not going to have another Bailey's actually, or I'm going to put the baby sham down because it's dangerous. Um, you know, I think that's supposed to be the point, isn't it? And the same with TIE. But what was interesting about my guest, Erin, thank you, Erin, by the way, Erin uh, Burbage from Riding Lights Theatre Company, check them out if you haven't already, um, was she was saying about the use of comedy as a, a really good way to make people think and a really good way to get the audiences to engage with issues uh, is using comedy, uh, at, certainly at first, and then maybe you get serious, but it's a really good, uh, really good, important concept. Um, 
Mal saying, I don't think they do the hard hitting stuff. Do you mean government ads or do you mean theatre companies? I'd be interested to, to know. Um, Catherine Wheels, yeah. I, I don't know whether Mal means, um, oh, ads. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. You don't really see them as much. And and this is the other thing, isn't it? Do we Are we then Molly Coddling? Has it become Snowflake? Whatever. All of that. Um, are we even allowed to uh, do, do governments don't want to do them anymore maybe they're a waste of money to them maybe boris wants to spend it on other things i don't know but um i mean i don't know whether they have any effect i suppose the big issue with this really if we think about it bigger is kids don't really watch tv that's the issue they don't really watch tv they watch youtube uh they stream stuff on netflix they don't really sit and watch TV like we would have done ages ago. So we were more susceptible to those adverts because we were we were a target audience of however many children watching, you know, um, Home and Away or whatever it is. And then, you, you know, then you get hit by, uh, by an advert about crossing the road. But I guess that's why, in a way, TIE is even more important, because if you've got to get a message around to kids in your school, and that you think there's an issue of something that is maybe really, really, let's say it is a racist, just to pick that out of the sky. Let's say you've got a school with an issue, a lot of racist issues and incidents, and you get a company in, um, you know, like Red Flag or, um, or, or one of these different, there's millions of different companies, really good organisations, charities, that, that you could get in to do a, to a, to do a thing about racism, a play um, to open kids' eyes and make them debate and discuss the issues and raise awareness then you're more likely to, to turn that school's, those kids' opinion around than watching a film, a government film, or just giving them a leaflet. Um, that's just not really going to happen. And also these companies often have people who've, you know, had the bad experiences that then the kids can relate to or they can talk about real-life things rather than me as a, you know, white male standing there trying to understand what they're going through. They're just not going to buy into it. Um yeah, she's putting, yeah, Mal's saying, don't want to be called the nanny state. That's true. Well, that that's the thing, isn't it? But I think they have value, but whether or not kids watch TV enough to, to worth it, I don't know. Maybe they just put the money, the government money they used to put into those adverts, they should just give to theatre companies across the country. Maybe they'd make a big pot that they can all fight over to pitch to them and say, we're going to do a play on this. Um, you know, because as Erin just said as well a minute ago, if you missed the interview, I really strongly advise you Listen back through the website, ttradio.org, or on the Podbean or Spotify if you missed the interview, because it's really fascinating um, what Erin talks about with how the funding works and how, um, you know, they can get money for plays about COVID anxiety because that is a big deal, or mental health because there's lots of publicity and money around that because the government, you know, or people are trying to, schools are trying to uh, combat that issue. Um, but if if you had a specific issue in your, let's say, a homophobic issue in your school, or you wanted to raise awareness of of LGBTQ or whatever, then are you going to necessarily? I suppose it just comes out of your normal budget. It comes out of your your PSHE budget, or your uh, your head of year might have a budget for it. But they're not cheap because these companies have to have a van, they have to pay actors, they have to make set, they have to pay petrol. They're not cheap, but they don't, they're not a rip-off. They're not making loads of money out of it, trust me. But they still, you're still probably looking at a grand and a half or more to get one of these companies in. So that's a lot for a school, I guess. But anyway, let me know. I'm, I'm waffling here. Let me know. Do you think, you know, your school or you know of schools that should use them more? 
Um, are they too expensive, prohibitive or not? You know, maybe they, you know, they get funding from other places, national lottery, etc. But, you know, should should we be subsidising those more from our own budgets? I don't know. But let, let me know what you think. Um, we're talking about TIE, which is theatre in education or community theatre. This we're also talking about how these can um, theatre companies also go into schools and prisons and community church groups. So it isn't just um, in schools. So we talked to Erin Burbage from Riding Lights, but I know loads and loads of other ones out there. If you're thinking of something that you want, you want to do in your school, if you've listened to this show and you think, oh, yeah, then I would advise you just Google it. There's loads and loads that will come on. Um, but also try your local area, try your local theatre, um, try local community groups, find out if they've used them speak to other schools, potentially other colleagues at other schools that you might have, if they've had someone decent come in. Because if you've had a really good show or a really good company come in, uh, then, you know, they're probably worth worth getting in again. But the debate we're having really today is, you know, are they as powerful as they think? Am I, am I, am I you know, really pushing this and people are sitting listening thinking, no, no, Seb, they're bad, they're cheesy, they don't work, kids don't care. I just don't ever believe that. Um, you know, I, there are, like Erin said, certainly cynical kids and there are there are groups that you're never going to get through to everyone. But what is the alternative? That we don't do these at all, that we never use them and that kids only learn everything from from their phones? I, I don't know. I think they can, if they're done well, I think they can be absolutely brilliant. But anyway, get in touch. Join the conversation, guys. This is just not a you know, Seb monologue show, this is for you. All you need to do is click call in on the Podbean app if you've downloaded that and you're listening. And I can see lots of people are listening, um, which is great. And I really appreciate that. But come on, click call in, get involved. Um, or just send me a little text. Like Mal sent me about 20 messages today. Um, some I've read out, some I haven't. Um, you know, which is good. It's interactive. It's not It's not just about me sitting here telling you my opinions. Um, so we'll have a quick ad break. And um, yeah, let me let me know, get in touch. Uh, and we'll carry on this discussion then. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Yep. So thanks. Uh, thanks for the adverts there and keeping us going. Um, I always have a little just have a little plug for Teachers Talk Radio straight after the adverts, because I have to say thank you to our advertisers who help us uh, run the show. They help us with things like marketing. So, for example, if you do want to call in, uh, click the call in button and join the show for, for even if it's just for five minutes, um, then you will qualify for a Teachers Talk Radio mug. And these are gold dust they're lovely white ceramic mugs with a green and black logo on so if you want one of those mugs to show off in the staff room then all you've got to do is call in and very simply you will get a mug sent to you i have my own one obviously but you can get one and i think you get a badge as well in the pack 
Um, so yeah, do that if you want to if you want to get involved. And also, what I always mention when I when I've done that plug is this is the Twitter. Now, phenomenally, we had a a book competition last week that you may well have seen uh, a book giveaway for people who were retweeting, etc. And um, yeah, and and we got loads, loads, loads of more followers, which is amazing. But my point was that we were on the last time I did a show. I think we were just creeping towards 8,000. And now in a week, oh, look, 8,909. So really amazing. If we can get to 9K followers um, by this weekend, that would be, that's 1,000 in a week. That's unbelievable. So, 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 so much, um, so much information. Right, I've got a little message I need to read out from Fiona. Fiona said to me she may call in the show after five, and I'm scared that she's not been able to. So let me see what she said. I called into chat um, about our drug charity commission. My first call in though, so I may be in the wrong place. No, you haven't, Fiona. That is perfect. I didn't know if you were going to make it. Just click call in on the Podbean app. You've managed to message me, which is brilliant. You're halfway there. Click the call in button. And like a Zoom call, I will allow you into the studio. And then you'll be live on air, Fiona. And you will be able to get yourself a mug. And actually, if... Um, Erin is still listening from Riley Lights Theatre Company, or if she listens to this back after, Erin, you can get a mug as well. You deserve a mug. Um, and that will show... Right, I don't know if you have clicked it, uh, because it's not coming up on here. Um, you might have not clicked the right thing. Um, but somewhere, Fiona, on the app, if you're definitely in my show, which you are because you've messaged me, I'm not sure. Mal, maybe you can help. Uh, there, there should just be a calling button, um, which you just like a little... Symbol, and you just click on that, and it will connect you directly to me. Um, it's a phone that said call in, and it's flashing red. Right, I'm not really sure because obviously I've not called into my own show. I'm trying to think when I call into other people's uh, what it looks like. Um, yeah, you yeah you do need headphones. That is true. Um, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I think she's done it. Oh no, I'm, I know I've put my own show on my phone. Oh, what a mistake. Right, it was all going so smoothly. Right, Fiona, that was it. What you just did was right, but I missed I missed inviting you in because my I then opened my phone and then I started getting an echo back. So absolute chaos. Right, reset. Fiona, you, that, what you did was perfect. Do that again and I will click admit into the studio. Um, go for it. Right, I've let you in now. Hi, are you there, Fiona? Yeah, can you hear me? Perfectly. Oh, brilliant. Sorry. Yes. Oh, I'm I... new to all this. Sorry. No, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Listen, it, it's always a little bit tricky getting the technology for the first time, um, but, you're, <laughs> but you're here. And then as I tried to help you, I ended up playing my own show through my phone uh, and then it just all got really confusing. But anyway, thanks for joining us. Um, oh, it's a pleasure. You missed, obviously, Erin earlier, who was from Riding Lights Theatre Company, uh, who does a show called Fizzy Finn Finds His Feet. Um, I heard is... just the end of it, and, and, I, yeah. and I heard a bit of your chat, so I, I'm guessing some of the issues that she was talking about probably come with some of the stuff that that, that I was going to talk about as well. That's fine, but that's absolutely fine. All I need you to do is give us Brilliant. a bit of background about yourself, because obviously I, don't, I only got somebody sure. messaged me today. So tell us a bit about what you do, Fiona, so the listeners know sure. wh where you're coming from. Go. 
Okay, so I, um, I'm the director and founder of a drug education charity, the Daniel Spargo Mabs Foundation or DSM Foundation. And it's a charity that I started in 2014 when my 16 year old son, Dan, died taking MDMA. And right. we okay. started the charity because we realized that actually this is something that, I mean, obviously what happened to Dan was the worst case scenario, but mm. we realized how vulnerable all young people can be. And there's a level of exposure that's quite different now. And we also yeah. realized that a lot of schools were struggling to do drug education well, not for lack of will, but just for a lack of good resources, evidence-based resources that they could call on and, and good specialists that could go in. So we started the charity to try and make sure that we were basically doing everything we could to stop any harm happening to anybody else's child. And my yes. background's in education, in adult education. I was an English teacher um, originally, but worked quite broadly across education, working in partnership with schools in early years settings and things. So I kind of knew the education bit, I had to learn the drug stuff. But sorry, it's a long story, so I'm trying to say it quickly no, so fine. I can no, fit no, it no, all no, in. No, that's fine. But you go for it. So Dan... Dan was a boy who who loved drama. He was in the school productions. He he loved his drama teacher and his drama teacher loved him. So she mm. became one of our first trustees. Wow. And this was her idea. So I mean we were doing all sorts of other things. We've got to, we've got to write resources for schools, we've got lesson plans, we've got we've got power, we've got we've got masses of stuff. Do look on our website because we've got a whole kind of different a whole range of different approaches and resources that are available to schools in terms of drug education. But we hadn't thought of drama. But she said, you know, you really ought to because it's such a powerful way of communicating a message to young people and she said there's this playwright Mark Wheeler and she taught mm -hmm. him for years in fact Dan had studied one of his plays at school in well, his I drama think all, I think we all have yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I'd never heard of him I'm afraid to say no, no, but, I think um, most, but she said yeah go on most of the yeah so she said he writes so powerfully about issues that affect young people and generally you know true stories and so would we mind if she contacted him anyway it, it, we didn't he jumped very amazingly. He he jumped at the. It turned out that he'd been wanting to write a drugs play for ages. But so right. so what he did was, you know, I mean, if you know Mark Wheeler, you know that mm. he writes his plays are generally verbatim plays. Yes. So yes. he we're in South London. He came up, spent a couple of days here, um, in in from Southampton just recording hours and hours and hours of interviews with with all of us as Dan's family, with loads yeah. of his friends. And then he worked with his community youth theatre in Southampton to kind of piece all that raw material into this, just this incredible, beautiful play, um, which, has, which was published. It's actually, it's going to become a GCSE drama set text in September next year, which is just incredible. So it's um, called... What's that one called? Yeah, go on. It's called... Oh, it's called I Love You Mum, I Promise I Won't Die, which is the last right. thing that Dan said to me when when he left the house. It was just a joke. It was a silly joke because he knew I used to worry. Right, um, but right, that's what right. that's um so that's the title of the play. But we we I mean it's amazing that it that was published and that's brilliant because that's out there and all over the place. And as I say, from September next year it's going to be even further. But but we also wanted that to be part of the drug education offer that we could we could make available to schools. So we commissioned Mark to adapt it to tour because it's quite long. It ended up being a two-act play. We all talk a lot. So um, he made it shorter so that it could fit into a, his school timetables, as you know, are so incredibly yeah, pressured. Of course, yeah. So it's a 50-minute it's a production and then with a half-hour workshop after that. And then we've commissioned 
um, a theatre a theatre and education company to then tour that into schools yeah. from 2017. Obviously, we couldn't this spring, um, but mm -hmm. we had alongside that we we we've got a theatre company that's toured it around London schools for ten weeks for the spring term. But yeah. we also last summer commissioned an, a second theatre company, so Wizard Theatre. It was originally Stopwatch, and then um, when they stopped. Um, operating because it is really tough for theatre and education companies Absolutely, and yeah. we, we they handed it over to wizard who've been brilliant so they've done one year of touring and we also commissioned a, a theatre a new uh, not new um, but but another theatre and education company new to us um to to take the play to scotland because we were starting to develop work there and it's 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 such a good such an good i mean as good as is is an it's understatement it's such an incredibly <laughs> yeah. yeah it's such an incredibly powerful way of engaging young people and it's i guess because i mean one of the things we we evaluate everything that moves as much as we mm. possibly can so the feedback we get from students is the thing that means most to them is that it's a real story and it's the real words and yeah. i think the fact that most of the words i mean obviously they've got old people like me and tim dan's dad um but they've but but mostly it's his friends who were all 16 yeah. um kind of going on 17 dan was in year 12 so um they yeah. they were they they're, they're they're saying the kind of things and doing the kind of stuff and dan was really funny and he was mm. he was he was prom king at the end of his year 11 you know he was just one of those people everybody yeah of course he just, yeah, he just had a way of yeah. engaging people and it and it kind of feels that through the play he carries on engaging people and yeah and that's a lovely they, way to look because at they it, then, it? yeah yeah i think because because they kind of start to feel like they're one of dan's friends and then actually it really really matters that mm. it didn't end well for him and they can see no. the impact then not just because it's not just about dan dies and isn't that really sad but it's the impact on that whole school community and his girlfriend who was only 15 they've been together for more than two years so, you know it's a really really solid yeah. relationship there and his parents and um, and I think that's so the thing, isn't it, with the, with the TRE that I mentioned right at the beginning of the show and uh, is this fact that whether people, you know, agree or disagree with TIE or, you know, they can be very done very badly and in a patronising way. But ultimately, yes. if it's done well, like you say, if it's researched properly, and, and that's the thing about Mark Wheeler, people listening don't know Mark Wheeler. Just a quick bit of background on, on what uh, Fiona said. His plays are verbatim, which means he takes actual lines of people affected by whatever the, the issue is and then puts those exact lines into his script so that, you know, it's not just some playwright sitting in a cottage in Hampstead making it up. This is actually mm. what somebody said. So, you know, there's loads of hard to swallow. Um, you know, there's, there's loads and loads of different plays that he's done um, in this way. So I think that is it's, it's fantastic you know, I mean, I didn't know when you came on, Fiona, that obviously this was started from your own son. So first of all, yeah. you know, that is amazing that you've, you've come on to tell us about that. And obviously you're you're used to talking about it. But I, I have to say, obviously, yeah. you know, massive thanks for that. And condolences, obviously, for what's happened to you. But it's great you. that you, what you're saying is that, in a way, he carries on going through the dramatisation of of his life, I guess, even even though it's yes. a tragic part of his life, he's 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 yeah. living through that, isn't he? I guess. Yeah, and and I think it is. It's something to do with. Um, I think there's something there's something about drama. It's kind of 
I guess as an English teacher, I kind of I would make the analogy between poetry and prose. I think drama is more like poetry. You kind of got to, it engages your imagination. Mm. Just that. I mean, prose can as well. Sorry, I apologise. Yeah, no, no, writers, no. But, but I know what you mean. But yeah. there's something you've got. You 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 kind of get lost in it if it's good. Um, and and this is a really obviously a, a really really good play. Mm. Um, um, which about which I can't be objective at all, of course. But I assume it wouldn't have been published by. <laughs> Bloomsbury and no, it's no, on the Methuen no. place. But also, I think, you know, even there, so. like you say, obviously you're not going to be objective, but but I would say, you know, Mark Wheeler, you know, he's been around for a long time. You know, as, as a drama teacher, I've known him my whole career. I've met him before as well myself because um, he's quite local to me, actually. And um, but, you know, he's not just going to pick up any any old, you know, rubbish, as it were, and think, oh, yeah, mm. let me do that. He's obviously something about your story uh, and the, the quality of, of the message that that's why he's he's taken that on board and but it, is it not is it not actually published it's not out yet is it still no it is to, no it is the up, play was right? published in 2017 oh sorry so I it's on the, it's on yeah. no no I, I might not have said it I'm trying to talk as I said I'm trying to squeeze in a million <laughs> things there's so much that I could say about the, course, the play yeah. and TIE as well but um it was published by Bloomsbury so it's on the Matthew in plays for young people right. in schools list and yeah. that was back in 2017 so it, actually it's been studied and performed um, by Lance schools and already. community yeah, youth, it's sure. like literally yeah. around the world. Just before COVID hit, there was a production in Canada in a school. There was a youth theatre production in New and Zealand. Did you say it was a set text? Sorry to interrupt you. Is yeah, it so from from September next year, it's going to it's going to replace um, Missing Dan Nolan. Yeah, no, not yeah. Missing Dan Nolan. Hard to swallow on the Educast. Yeah, syllabus. yeah, Missing Dan Nolan. Um, I think is on either that's on or OCR or, Yeah, I think yeah. so. I've definitely seen it on there. Um, before I mean that's fab isn't it that is unbelievable that you know something from there that's then actually that now will be studied by kids you know on that on that you know spec and then yes. that will expose way 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 more people to it as well which is even which is even better um, and what I'd say I guess about TIE is that I think there was a time, I mean, it's hard to remember now, but there was a time when there was lots of money swirling around in education and some some things were done that were done very badly. And, and yes, there, was yeah. a, a, there was, I think TIE got a bit of a bad reputation oh, for stuff that, like you were saying before, that was really cheesy and it, yeah. it was just very, it wasn't, it wasn't real kids, real no, lives. No, but, no. but TIE done well. Now there isn't the money. I don't know how. I mean, I, I don't know. You right. will know more than me because I'm I'm you know I've got a very niche way of coming at this, but I've learned lots about drama over the last few years. But the the the, the challenge now is that there isn't lots of money, and no. so we we commission the theatre company, but but we apply for we're, we're doing this at the moment because we're going to be touring it again in January. It's Tired Up Theatre taking it to Scotland and the North, and Wizard are going to be in London and and bits of the South, and um, but but it's really expensive, so it costs mm. us round about six seven hundred pounds per performance so uh, 10 we pay them for 10 weeks for 10 weeks 10 performances per week so for us we're trying to find about six and a half seven thousand pounds and then for a 10-week tour that's sort of sixty thousand yeah all together um so that's but but we apply for grant funding for that because we know that there's no way that most schools would be able to dig that out no, of the budget no. especially if it's coming out of a pshe budget and because it's a drug education thing so it's it's always been really important to us we we did it free for the first couple of years but we are now asking schools to make a no, contribution yeah, if they can and it, but it's still subsidized it. yeah you can't no, sustain it no. as a you know even if it's a charity I, I, this is also something i mentioned earlier in the show about the financial side of it and and saying to people i understand that 
budgets are ridiculously tight anyway, more than they've ever been. And let's say you've yeah. got, a, I don't know how much a, PS, a PSHE budget for a year, but let's say it's five grand you've got to play with for a year. Oh, my goodness. A lot or, of schools haven't got that. Well, I, I, I don't that's think. what I mean. I don't even know. Let's even say three grand. But maybe that's for every year group for the whole academic year. You've got that to yes. play with. Then yeah. that's got to cover resources, other people coming in, assemblies, you know. And then, yeah. but what I was trying to say earlier to people is if they're thinking of getting a company in, that you've got to, you know, you can't really charge the kids. That's going too far. But, you know, you've got to think of be clever with how you do the money because, as I said, these theatre companies, they're not making huge profits. They usually, Absolutely like you, they're not. they're not in it for the yeah. money. They're in it for the message. And you yeah. can't do it for free. But you've got to pay for petrol and, and transport and actors and, and all the things that go into yeah. it. And then you're probably just about breaking evening or, or being able to, you know, maybe get a, a, a three square you know meals out of it um, yeah. or, or, or carry on growing the company. So I, I think people will understand that. Um, but I, I still think that sometimes the price tag might pick people off because they don't realise the costs involved um you know yes but it is it's incredibly it is the the single most expensive thing that we do but we do it because we know that it just has such an incredible impact and obviously we had to we weren't able to tour it this spring we managed to get most of it in last year before before covid hit but schools have rebooked and rebooked and then other schools you know the word you know word gets round between schools so the the talk just gets jammed up which is fantastic and but the other thing I think I would say to schools and teachers about TIE is don't have it as a standalone thing you know embed it in your whole whole yeah, whatever totally you're doing agree. as if you're using it as part of PSHE or if you've got other I mean obviously TIE is is, is theatre with a message really isn't it um, yeah. but whatever that message is don't think that if you've done a drugs play in year nine that's it you're sorted um, no. use it, it needs to be part of something there needs to be follow-up I mean there's a workshop that afterwards and I guess that's one of the other things with us because we're a drug education charity that's our specialism so we work with the theatre company to develop that workshop so it's a very introductory drug education workshop but it is it's a good workshop and it just it's and it's also an opportunity to kind of take that have that bit of breathing space and reflect on some of the yeah. issues and not go straight into maths or no, um, no, I think, but, or but the other issue with that Fiona is that that you know this is again a current uh, you may not be aware of but uh, the teachers listening will but you know in the last few years curriculum has become you know such know. a focal point so you know yeah. everybody a decent teacher or decent practitioners now know that even with normal lessons it, you can't just randomly chuck you know it's got to be sequenced properly so again yeah. i would i would totally agree you you plan out your phc for the year let's say drugs is one unit within i don't know six yeah. units and then you think right we'll have that company come in then we'll do a follow-up workshop because otherwise yes. that one-off little things even if the play is profound and even if the, the kids come out really moved by it Without then the necessary, you know, retrieval back to it or ref- reminders, it's exactly. just a, it's just going to, you know, get forgotten about. Yeah, it can be the most impactful experience. It's the same with one-off workshops as well. Yes, yeah, however same. good they yeah. are, it we, none of us remember. It just doesn't stick. You've got no, to have that reinforcement. No. Plus, also a play a play can do lots, but it can't do everything that they no, need it can't. To know. And obviously, and, it doesn't touch joy- touch touch everyone does it that's the beauty of theatre I guess isn't it you know that you're in the audience yeah. everybody sees something everybody gets something slightly different from a play don't yes. they depending on and it's your- that that corporate experience I think as well you're all there together one of the things that is so I love about our players when we hear back from a school that you know it was those 
those boys in year 10 or whatever it was or year it was, mm. that, that were kind of sitting back in their chairs with that kind of you know the look and just kind yeah, of yeah this is not going to get me and by the end were just yeah. just on the edge of their seats and and the the people they really want to be it to get something questions yeah to, to raise questions in their heads i think it seems yeah. to and i think that's it seems that, that, to touch across the board I, but i think that's a really good point you've just made actually is that you know we can we can all do that we could all sit there as you know as whatever age we are and watch something with a message right and we can all mm. go away and think you know from our you know cerebrally we, we could think oh god yeah i should never go over the speed limit let's take that as an example you know i could watch mm. legal weapon and go oh, i'm never going to go over 30 but then i'm going to still do that i'm probably going to now and again maybe go over the speed limit slightly if you know uh, you know mm. in a rush or something but what i'm what your what your point is which i think is really true is that even if for that moment it, it resonates with you in some way and does make you stop and think then it may well have a lasting impact, you know, even if you don't yeah. every single time. Because these are complicated issues, aren't they? Drugs is a complicated issue. You can't just say, Absolutely. right, that kid's seen that play, they're never going to touch a drug ever again. Yeah. It's but if they got... just think that bit more carefully or do exactly. some a bit of research or just, yeah. Or just um, be aware it's... of the con potential consequences. Yeah. Is that That's the key to it. It's not, yeah. not saying if somebody wants to do it, you're not ever going to stop them, I think. But what, what you might do is just put that moment of doubt in someone's mind to think, hmm, is this a decision I want to make? What are the potential yeah. consequences? And then people have to be responsible for their actions. But at least you're educating people to give them that choice. Um, yes. You know, and, and, and just to be that much more careful, I think, you know, we have to be realistic. There will be young people that use substances. Yeah, because of course. Have been in the, but if they're that bit more careful when they do, because they've got that worst case scenario kind yeah. of niggling away in their head somewhere, then yeah. they might not have so much. No, or they might you, be in a safer environment. And they might have done their research and found out what comes, exactly. comes from the harm reduction. And, and, and rather than speaking to a mate who tells them, or, or that's the thing yeah. I think with drugs, which is, yeah. and the same with sex, really. But the, the, the problem is the the rumours, isn't it? And the misinformation. So it's not somebody yes. saying yes or no to doing drugs or having sex or whatever it is. It's kids thinking, oh yeah, I've heard this, that's what this does. And if you do that, then, you know, you're going to die yeah. or what. And the misinformation, and it's just about educating. I mean, if you think the whole Leah Betts thing, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I was quite, I was a lot younger then obviously. And I, that, that had a massive effect. And I think, you know, you don't want it to get to the stage where, like your son or like Leah Betts, where somebody has to die to put yeah. people off. And obviously those those events happen and they do. And I'm sure there were young people who might have done ecstasy that may then after that didn't because suddenly it was, wow, this is dangerous, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I've, or maybe uh, thought twice about that second pill, which is good enough, but as they can get to go home safely, obviously my yeah. wish, I would love yeah. nobody ever to touch anything again, but realistically, no, if realistically, they have one pill instead yeah. of two and get to go home again, then that's, that's, but that's, that's the point, enough. isn't it? Like, like everything, like all these things is, you know, people have to make their choices, but I mean, that is really, really fascinating that, um, you know, when I, when, when you messaged me earlier about the DSM foundation, I didn't know anything, never heard of it. I'm now going to be looking it up when I come off my show. Google it. Yeah, I'm put it on, can you put a link over, in the chat? I put on the chat uh, dsmfoundation.org.uk. Is that right? DSM Foundation. Thank yeah. You. So I've put that on the text, um, which people on the podcast won't see, but we've mentioned it now. Um, it's on the chat. Okay. Um, I'll tweet it as well afterwards. 
Um, because I think, obviously, the fact you've, you've got a play written about something from your own personal experience um, is is really really um, is um, I'm you know I just think yes I'm in awe of that you've been able to do that um, yeah, as a parent you. myself I think I think that's what you've done is incredible so so anyway thanks for joining us Fiona we are out of time it's a pleasure um, but I really appreciate you calling and letting us know and um, I'll certainly be um, you know letting people know about your work you do as well yeah thank you so much bye thank Cheers, you Fiona thanks for your time. Right, so that was great. I thought Fiona might call, but I wasn't 100% about the tech, but she got in, and that means we are right out of time now. So thanks very much for joining. Remember, listen to the podcast after on Podbean, on Spotify, or on www.ttradio.org. Listen back function. You can listen back to this show. You can listen back to all the shows, the back catalogue. You can binge listen to your heart's content. But that is it for today. Um, I'll see you again in the near future or I won't see you, but I will speak to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Hope you have a lovely evening and enjoy um, your fireworks. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.